I'm going to read a passage from Acts chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 1. If you want to follow along in the Pew Bible, I am on page 774. 774. This passage comes at an important, pivotal time in the life of the early church. They are experiencing growth. And like any organization that experiences growth, there was a need for leaders to be raised up to help serve and manage the growth. And so that's the context of Acts chapter 6. Verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. Thankfully, all the names of our deacons are much easier than those. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we've learned a lot over the course of the days and months following the pandemic, have we not? And one of the things that you and I have learned in the days following the pandemic is how important it is to have people in important service roles. How many of you have gone to a restaurant in recent years and you see open tables, but you are still waiting to find a table to be seated? Have you had that experience? The problem is not that there are not enough tables or probably even enough food in the kitchen. The problem is that there are not enough people who've been appointed to serve the tables, and so progress is, is upheld. How many of you have missed a flight in the last year? You're like, man, why are you making us mad at the beginning of your sermon, right? Many of us have missed flights over the last year, and again, Part of the problem, part of the issue is that there are not enough flight attendants to work on the planes or not enough pilots or even the one that I would be most concerned with, not enough air traffic controllers. I'm okay to miss the flight if there are not enough air traffic controllers. But in each of these scenarios, and you could think of others, school teachers, nurses, doctors, all of these professions that are so important to life as you and I know it, if there are not enough of them available, progress will be brought to a halt. And the local church is the same way. Local church is the same way. That God is gracious to bring about growth through the power of his Holy Spirit at work in his people, but there is at least one limiting factor to the growth and the impact of ministry, and that is those who are called to serve and those who embrace that lifestyle of service. It's certainly for the case here in the book of Acts. The number of disciples was increasing. 
Things were going well. People were coming to faith in Christ, both Jews and Gentiles alike. And then a disruption occurred. A disruption occurred, and it occurred around the idea or the issue of service. There were widows who were being served by the church and the daily distribution of food. And that word distribution is a word that would really make you think of the word deacon, service. And so they knew that they had an issue that they had to address. The same is true for every church that's ever existed. That issues will arise, and oftentimes they will arise because there aren't enough people willing to serve. And so they summoned the 12 together, and the full number of them got together, and they said, this is a problem. It is not right. What are we going to do? And the 12 started thinking about this, and they said, um, it's not right for us to pull back from the ministry of the Word of God that He has called us to. That if we serve more tables, then we have less opportunity to study and proclaim and preach the good news of the gospel. That would limit the growth of the church. So it seems right to us that we need people to serve alongside us. We need people of good reputation, people who are full of the Spirit, people who are full of wisdom to come alongside us and help us in this work to which God has called us in these days. And there's a couple of things that I want you to walk away from church with this morning. The first is that each and every one of us, if you are here and you're a follower of Christ, God has called you to serve others in some way. That you and I, pastor, lay leader alike, all of us have a call upon our lives that the Holy Spirit has given us gifts to use those and steward those for the common good and for the building up of other people in their faith in Christ. And some of us, the Lord has called to representative ministry. I remember having Dr. Paul House in seminary, and he was working hard to try to think about the distinction between those of us who are called to vocational or representative ministry in the church versus lay leaders. And the line is way more um, thin than we would like for it to be at some point. That nobody in the church of Jesus Christ is glorified or elevated above others. That all of us have a common need for salvation through faith in Christ. And all of us have a common calling to use the gifts he's entrusted to us for the furthering of his gospel in word and in deed. But it does seem that God has been pleased to organize the church such that he sets some apart for representative ministry. So that if I were in a restaurant perhaps in the areas around the church, they might say, that guy is the what? The pastor of Mountain Brook Baptist Church. And I feel an extra uh, burden and opportunity with such a title, should I not? I try to haunt less in traffic, try to scream at refs a little bit less. right? Because I do feel this weight that God has called me in some ways to represent you all and to represent Christ in our community and surrounding areas. And he's given me the privilege to be able to invest my vocation in knowing God through his word and walking in relationship with you. And there ought to be, in my mind and heart, this, this burden of leadership that comes with that calling. That's both a privilege and a great responsibility. 
And then God has also called um, in our church certain men and women to be set aside as deacons and leaders in the church. And the qualifications that we see here, they, they need to be people of good reputation. Proverbs would say that um, a good name is to be chosen over riches. That you and I, as we move in and out in our community, it may not be that you were looked at as the pastor of Mountain Brook Baptist Church, but you are in a representative leadership role as a deacon. And people look to you for what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. They look to you for what it looks like to be faithfully engaged in the life of the church. And so um, that's one of the things that we look at when we look at those names that are floated. Are they people of good reputation? Are they people of a good name? Are they people who are seeking by God's grace to be filled with the Spirit? That you and I, each of us in this room, has a choice to make to either feed the flesh or feed the Spirit. And so God calls us as leaders in the church to allow our minds to be continually transformed by the power of His Spirit through His Word so that we might understand more and more what it looks like to be a church formed and fashioned after God's Word and full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. Deacons consider matters that aren't necessarily black and white. We have the opportunity as a church from time to time to think about how it is that God would call us to live and move forward as a church. And if it were just easy questions, if it were just black and white, such as do I steal or not steal, we could handle that. But he gives us much more difficult things to consider as a church that requires more than just knowing right or wrong or knowing laws, but the gift of wisdom. To be able to move forward without a certain answer, trusting God's word to lead and guide us. And I can just tell you that as our bylaws list the responsibilities of deacons, one of the things it lists is to be in counsel with and walk alongside the pastor and help him with wisdom. So know, um, deacons, how much your willingness to live into that call upon your life means to me. That there's not one person here that's called to be glorified and lifted up, and it's called to have all the answers and do all the things. A church is not a cult of personality, but a church is the body of Christ, men and women called out, and those who God gifts by the power of his spirit to use those gifts for the furthering of God's kingdom. And what was the effect in verse 7? Once they got this matter sorted out, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. When everybody in the church is fulfilling their sense of calling in the way that God has equipped and called them to operate in the life of the church, and oftentimes God is pleased to bring fruit through such a congregation. A lot of good things are happening in the life of Mount Mary Baptist Church these days. Um, the Lord is being gracious to add more people to our number. And one of the things I want you to feel as a congregation and as deacons is this burden of responsibility that as the Lord might be pleased to continue to add people to our number, 
and opportunities for ministry, one of the things that will be required is more people to serve. More people to serve. So I want everybody to leave church today thinking, how is God calling me to serve? And it might be in something that you think is very um, not glamorous. I had a chance to walk around the church a little bit this morning, and I bumped into people everywhere who were serving. Bumped into Bob Formby. How many of you know Bob Formby? Where are you, Bob? He's hiding from me. Chances are you know Bob because you walk in those doors every Sunday, and who's there? Bob! Rain or shine, cold sleep, doesn't matter, Bob's there serving and welcoming. And if you're a new family who's coming in you're trying to figure out where to take your kids, thanks be to God that Bob's one of the first people you're going to see. He knows you all so well, he knows where your car is going to stop. He knows if you've got equipment that you need to help get out to get you in. But Bob's faithful and serving. Ran into Tyler Thrasher this morning at his post. What's great about Tyler Thrasher and talking about his post this morning is that there's a little bit of a, an argument of he has the uh, security clearance or the uh, police officers to come through there. But just standing at his post, pointing people to where they're supposed to go, helping them understand how to find their Sunday school class. Bumped into David Bryan coming down the hall, who's a Sunday school teacher. Had the opportunity to connect him um, with a new couple who were here for one of their first Sundays at the church. And as I walked around the church, I just see people serving everywhere. But I want you to know that we need more of you. We need more of you to serve. And it might be teaching a Sunday school class or it might be serving on a committee whose work Half the church won't even understand that they're working and moving. Might be volunteering to go on retreats. Might be hanging out with the youth group. Might be serving the youth group. You know the youth group consumes a lot of food. A lot of food consumed in a youth group. Might be doing that. Might be getting down there with uh, Heather Brown in the nursery on a Sunday morning. Some days I walk down there and I see the volunteers in the nursery and I poke my head in and I just am amazed at how peaceful it is down there. Or Laura Decker and her group. Some days it's not as peaceful. Some days they say, don't open that door. (laughs) There are things happening back there. Those are the people who church only works as all of us serve in some way. Some of us are called to stand up in pulpits and preach sermons or provide leadership and people know your name for good or for ill. And others of us will serve so faithfully for so many years and nobody perhaps will know our name or that we did it or the impact we made. And perhaps you will not know the impact that you made in this life. But I invite you to consider what what God's calling you to do to serve in the life of this church. And you're going to hear 
more and more of that in the days ahead. And maybe you just do a preemptive strike. You just email me before I have to call on you and say, where do you need me? Where does Sharon need me in the children's ministry? Where does Joel need me with the students? Where does Kelly need me in active Christian living? Where do you need me on a Sunday morning to greet people and help them find their connection? Because ultimately what we're trying to do is not grow a bigger church or become more efficient. What we're trying to do ultimately is connect people to Jesus Christ. And there are people all around us who need to know the abundant eternal life found only through faith in him. And I pray that God would continue to raise up leaders in our church, that we might see the word of God increase and multiply, and others might be added to our church congregation for his glory and for their good. I'd like you to pray with me. God, we thank you for, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the salvation that each of us has experienced if you've called us to yourself through faith in Christ and we've repented of our sins and we've trusted in you for salvation. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you humbled yourself and became obedient to your Father's will, even to the point of death on a cross so that we might have eternal life. And that every step along the way in your public ministry, you showed us what it looks like to serve in such a way that others might experience all that your Father would have them to know. And we pray for us, Lord, as a church, that you would continue to raise up leaders, that you would continue to give all of us a sense of calling. We might steward that in such a way that you might be glorified. And we offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. In response to the sermon today, um, I was thinking on what song.